Welcome to Inside Hogwarts, a Harry Potter podcast made by kids for kids. I'm Daisy. And I'm Vaughn. And today we're talking about Chapter 5 of Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, the Dementor. Dementor. (laughs) (laughs) So Tom woke Harry the next morning with his usual toothless grin and a cup of tea. I almost said coffee because coffee coffee <laughs> it's like the i don't know do you guys it's, drink it in the uk i yeah is that what you drink in the morning we're mm. talking to all our uk listeners because we well like i don't drink and neither does vaughn but adults typically drink co- coffee in the morning so i would like to know if you guys drink coffee too yeah because that would be pretty fascinating to know so, uh, Harry got dressed and was getting Hedwig back into her cage when Ron came in looking irritable. Ron told Harry that Percy was now accusing him of having dripped tea on his picture of Penelope Clearwater. She was now hiding her face under the frame because her nose was blotchy. So, my, my question is, does Penelope Clearwater know that she currently has a picture of herself in a frame where she is hiding behind a frame? Like, does she know? Like, can she feel that she is in a photo right now? Or is it just like... I don't think so. Do you think the picture is sentient? Or do you think it's like a fake thing? Because otherwise... why? I think you... pictures are sentient. Mm-hmm. Just not like completely. Like they can't talk. They can. Picture... Oh, yeah. Picture frames. But like, I don't think the photo that you take with a camera can talk in the wizarding world. Well, obviously. Because Colin Creevy, I think, has to do something special to his pictures. To make them move, but I'm a little bit confused as to how Percy got this picture of Penelope Clearwater. That just asks another question, because does he have a camera? Because um, the only people person Yeah, he he'd have are... to have a camera. And then he'd have to do some sort of special thing to make it move, which Colin had to do, I think. I'm pretty sure Colin had to do that, so I honestly have no idea. Email in. Let us know because I'm confused now. Um, so they went down to breakfast before Harry was able to tell Ron what he had overheard. After the, It just kind of bugs me that Harry's like, I heard your parents talking last night. Now I'm going to tell you exactly what exactly, they were saying. Exactly, everything. <laughs> like, if I were Harry, I might keep that to myself. I heard this one thing and I'm going to spread it to the entire world. <laughs> I'm going to tell Draco too and then Draco will tell the whole entire school. After they ate, everyone got their trunks and they headed out to the cars that the Ministry had provided. Harry rode in a car with Ron, Hermione, and Percy, and they arrived at King's Cross Station with 20 minutes to spare. And, like, right when I read that, I was like, why wouldn't Arthur ride in the carriage with them? Like, that doesn't even make sense. If he's really trying to protect them, what what is he relying on Percy to do it? Yeah. And, like, Ron and Hermione are going to be of no help. What's gonna happen? Is the car gonna pull out a wand to protect them? <laughs> yeah. Um. Also, really quickly, one of the things about Hermione I just kind of realized is I think that in the books they make her look super smart, but I feel like if someone attacked right then, Hermione would not be able to do anything. Yeah. Because she's just not, like, super skilled. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like people are gonna disagree with me on that point, but I don't know. So, uh, the ministry workers unloaded their things, put them on carts, and drove them off. The Weasleys, Harry, and Hermione all went through the barrier at a run. Once they were through, Percy walked off to show Penelope Clearwater his badge. It's like, like she cares. I mean, 
I don't know. Penelope, but... come look at my shiny badge. <laughs> yeah, I would. I don't know that I would care. I'm the pool. I'm the coolest person in the world now. Yeah, you know? I think he's far from the coolest person at Hogwarts. Who was the coolest person at Hogwarts? I Newt think Scamander. <laughs> uh, yeah. no, he's like a nobody, and no one is friends with him at all. That's so sad. Yeah. Um. I just Lita, and I don't even think that she's like super friends with him. Let me just say, in Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald, the kid who plays Newt as young Newt just looks just like Eddie Redmayne. Like, that is Eddie Redmayne, but it's not. You know what I mean? Do you agree? Yeah. He looks just like him, and his. I mean, I know that part of that's just like, oh, he has the same haircut. The actor they got for Leah as a child does looks not nothing look like, like her. It's like, they were like, okay, we're going to get this one that looks just like Eddie Redmayne, but Lita... You get this girl. Her hair isn't even the same as yours. Like, it doesn't have the same consistency. It's just completely different. But we're just going to run with that. Um, yeah. I just don't understand that. But I, I think I think Eddie Redmayne looks... Or young Eddie Redmayne looks really good. Yeah. So, the trio went to an empty carriage on the train, uh, loaded their things on, and then headed back to Mr. and Mrs. Weasley to say goodbye. Molly gave Harry and Hermione both hugs and said goodbye. When Mrs. Weasley wasn't paying attention, Arthur led Harry over to a pillar that they stood behind. I feel like she would have noticed. I think I may have noticed if Arthur and Harry had just walked off. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So, uh, Mr. Weasley said that there was something he had to tell Harry, and Harry said that he already knew because he had overheard him and Mrs. Weasley talking the night before. Would you admit that? Why would you tell them that? <laughs> like oh uh, i already know I, I was listening to your conversation last night yeah and when i heard you talking and i was clearly private i kept listening <laughs> i kept i went further down the stairs when i heard you i didn't go back up to my room yeah so it wasn't just an accident it was on purpose yeah i really wanted to hear the conversation um harry said that he wasn't gonna try to be a hero uh, but Sirius Black couldn't be worse than Voldemort anyway. This whole conversation is really annoying in the book because Harry's constantly in- interrupting Arthur and, like, trying <laughs> to finish his sentence. And Arthur's like, nope, not what I was going to say, Harry. Why don't you listen now? And Harry continues to do it. And he gets it wrong every time. So uh, Arthur said that he wanted Harry to give him his word that whatever he might hear, he wouldn't go looking for Sirius Black. Um, Which we obviously find out, like, do we find it, like, midway through the book? Plot twist, guys. I mean, major plot twist if you haven't read all the books. You're going to be happy with the amount of plot twist. Is it, like, midway through the book? I don't completely understand what you're referencing. Oh, yeah. Oh, that. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, yeah. So, steam was starting to billow from the train, and Harry quickly ran to the train door that Ron had thrown open for him. Harry sat down and told Ron and Hermione that he needed to talk to them privately. Ron made Ginny lead them. And so they set off down the hall of the train to try and find an empty compartment, but the closest they could find to that was the one that had a shabby-looking man sleeping in it, which... Would you stay in that compartment? <laughs> I'd probably not want to go there. I might... Even if I did something to tell my friends, there has to be a better place to tell them at Hogwarts. But at the same time, maybe it would make Harry feel, like, anxious the entire trip to not tell his friends. 
But yeah, I don't know that I would go in that compartment. I might try to find a compartment with Neville in it, and then just went from there. Um, yeah. So they set off. Did I already? Yep, I already said that. So they sat down and saw that the name Professor R.J. Lupin was written on his trunk that was held together by several pieces of neatly knotted string. And this is one of those parts where it's just like, I know that this is like a main thing where they have repair for a reason. Yeah. And he ha- literally has this trunk that is held together by string. <laughs> <laughs> and there is a spell that you can use to fix it. <laughs> True. He's just like, I'm trying to enhance this effect that I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's it just like imagine Harry going to Molly's house and she has she has a broken window and she's like, I, I haven't just I just haven't gotten around to fixing it. Uh, you can literally wave your wand and say Reparo. I know. They so like that. She probably I mean, has the easiest like cleaning life slash cooking because Rather than, I mean, I guess a normal muggle pr- person. Because, like, they can do anything they want just with, like, a flick of their wand, you yeah. know? So, and especially in the movie, they really capture that, like, she can do things and not be there. I don't know if you can do that in the book, but, uh, yeah. So, Harry told Ron and Hermione what he had heard Mr. and Mrs. Weasley saying, and the warning that Mr. Weasley had given him about not looking for Sirius Black. You're just gonna tell everybody everything, won't you, Harry? Yeah. I mean, who who do you think the worst person to tell would be? Who would spread it over the entire school? Colin Creevy. Colin Creevy. Uh, I feel like he could tell Colin Creevy. Colin might tell his brother, but I don't think anyone would believe... The main part of that is I don't think anyone would believe the Creevy brothers. I think the Creevy brothers are each other's best friends, so I don't think anyone would believe them. I think that the worst person to tell would be Neville Longbottom. One of the best people to tell would be to be would to be Luna. No, oh yeah, you'll find out who Neville. Okay, you'll be you'll find out who Luna is. Luna would be able to help him out. I'm like Luna, just the perfect friend. I think because you can tell Luna he like even Harry tells Luna basically anything. And Luna is just like, well, this is basically what you need to do. This is why it's okay. You know, like, this is why it's not such a problem. But Ron and Hermione, worst people to tell anything. Yeah. When Harry got to Hogwarts, he specifically spotted the worst people that you could never tell them anything because they're constantly just going to be like, oh, I'm so scared now. What am I going to do? You know, that's, that's exactly what they do every single time. Especially right now, I'm going to, I'm going to talk about it a bit more in the notes. So, Hermione told Harry that he would have to be really careful and not go looking for trouble. And right now, Harry says one of the most famous lines in all of the books, I don't go looking for trouble. Trouble usually finds me. Whoa, Harry, calm down. You're not an action hero. <laughs> uh, I've seen a lot of people with this shirt that says that. Um, it's a nice line. It's a really good line. So, yeah. I mean, it's it's pretty iconic. I think that... If somebody said that in public, you would immediately know that they're talking about Harry Potter. I probably wouldn't. You probably wouldn't. I think I would. Mostly because I've seen it on people's shirts. Yeah. So Harry noticed that both Ron and Hermione looked much more frightened by the news than he was. Which just annoys me. It's like, he told you so that he can, like, kind of have, a you know, like, confidants. But now confidants i don't know how i don't i don't think i said that right confidence no it's 
You said confidants. I know. That's like that's like someone you tell a secret to and they're not gonna tell anyone. But it's like it I know you don't say it like confidence. Okay, we're dwelling on no, this word you said too much. Confidants. No, I think I, Oh, okay. I meant to say confidants. Like confidants. It's confidence. No, it's not confidence. <laughs> I'm looking this up. Wait, what? I'm like, looking this up. Confidential yeah, or confidentiality. Uh, I'm gonna hold on. Confidant, like right here, a person with whom one shares a secret or private matter. And I'm gonna let Google say it out loud for us. Confidant. 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 So. This is a homonym. Confident. I guess. I guess. Yeah. I suppose. So he wants confidants. Um. And they're basically kind of making him more nervous in... Yeah. Yeah. He wants he wants them to make him less nervous, and they're making him more nervous. So suddenly, Harry's pocket sneakers... Ugh, I just... I don't know how I messed that up. Suddenly, Harry's pocket sneakoscope started going off in his trunk. They got it out, and Ron told Hermione that it was a very cheap one that didn't work well. And they put it back away so that it wouldn't wake up Professor Lupin. Um... I think pocket sneakoscopes are really cool, but it would be annoying because I think yeah. they would be constantly going off, especially in a Gryffindor common room. I, I think that Gryffindor is the most like okay, let's let's rank the common rooms. If you had a pocket sneakoscope in each common room, which would be most likely to go off often to like least likely. I'm gonna immediately put Hufflepuff in least likely likely. I think yeah, that's true. Hufflepuffs would never be doing anything bad. Not because we're incapable of it, like I'm not saying, like, I'm, what it, has Harry, like, has Harry ever done? I'm not saying I would do anything bad, but I'm not saying that it would never go off in the Hufflepuff common room. I just think that everyone in there would be so chill and, like, calm, and they would just be, like, sitting there reading a book or something and just, like, doing their homework or whatever. I think So I think it would be least likely to go off. And then what about Ravenclaw? Ravenclaw, I think it'd be pretty... Like, second to, yeah. to least likely because... Because, you know, they're smart. You think they'd be smart enough not to lie. Yeah. I don't think it's not necessarily just lying. It's like, for example, I think Ron says he put, like, something, like, a bug in Bill's soup or something and it went off. So I think I think a Ravenclaw might do something like that, but maybe not in the common room. Yeah. So we're going to put Hufflepuff least likely and then Ravenclaw, like, second least likely. So then I'm thinking Slytherin, just because Slytherins would most likely do something in the common room, like yeah. steal, like Harry, like Draco does in the yes. second movie. But I don't think that they're gonna be doing practical jokes, or like canary cream things as often as people in the Gryffindor common room are. Yeah, in the Gryffindor common room, like there's friend George yeah. doing stuff all the time, and then there's Harry, Ron, and Hermione, and Neville, and some other people. Who are constantly not doing things you're supposed yeah. to do. I would never feel safe in the Gryffindor common room. I'd constantly be scared I'm going to eat a canary cream off of this tray of pastries. I just came up with an amazing thing for the Gryffindor common room. They should have, like, a snack bar in there. Like, a little, t- like, a table. If I, were in, if I were in any common room, I would set up this really fancy table that has a bunch of pastries on it. It has a bunch huh. of food. And like butterbeer bottles, and much, I would just go down to the kitchen. Exactly how much tea would be on that? Maybe some, because 
we're British some in this is, scenario. Some is not enough. We're British in this scenario. So we drink gallons of tea a day. Gallons and Just gallons. Just gallons upon gallons of tea. Uh, well, much more than is, you know, recommended. Much more than's recommended because we're British in this scenario. Um, but... I think that I would fill the table, the back of the table, with just, like, nice saucers and cups of tea. And then I would just have, like, little pastries. And it would be just the most amazing thing in the common room ever. Hmm. Best common room idea. Um, yeah. So, Ron said that they could get it checked at Dervish and Bangs because they sold a lot of things like it there. Imagine how much it would be going off in Dervish and Banks. <laughs> It'd just be constantly going. It would never stop. And then there's a whole shelf of them just going off. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Hermione and Ron started talking about Hogsmeade, and Harry said that it would be nice, and they would have to tell him about it after they'd go. They asked him what he meant. And what Harry- do you think he means? <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, guys. I can't go. You'll have to tell me when you get. What do you mean, Harry? What do you mean you can't go? <laughs> uh I can't go. <laughs> but what does that mean exactly? But Harry, you mean your mentally abusive aunt and uncle aren't letting you go to Hogsmeade? They didn't sign your form after you ran away? I know, what? they ask the dumbest <laughs> questions. <laughs> uh, like, common sense, please. So, they, wait, did I? Yeah. yeah. So, and Harry said that the Dursleys hadn't signed his permission form and neither would Fudge. Ron started coming up with ways of how they could get Harry to come maybe sneak him out when Hermione let Crookshanks out and he sprang onto Ron. So the thing I would say is why. I wouldn't say, what do you mean you can't come? I would say, why? Why can't you come? Um, so I actually just put a specific note in here. Hermione is, I think, very annoying in this book because of Crookshanks. Yeah. Like, it makes me annoyed that she is mad at Ron because not Ron is mad at her. Like, Ron is mad at her for valid reasons. Ron has had Ron has had scabbers, you know, for his whole life, basically. Mm-hmm. He's never known not having scabbers. And now Hermione's decided, I'm going to adopt this cat that I just met that is going to chase Ron's rat, but I don't care because I love the cat. It's like, yeah. you've, you've known Harry, you've known Ron for three years. He's had this rat his whole life. This rat means everything to him. And now you're going to buy- You're risking an, its life. You're buying an animal specifically that hates scabbers. That doesn't even make sense. It's like putting a goldfish and- a fish that'll eat that goldfish in a pretty big tank. Yeah, that's just, it's so dumb. It's like, oh, Ron, I le- i know you love that rat, but I'm going to buy this vicious cat that's going to attack the rat every time I'm around it. Like, that's just, I don't know, Hermione's just so annoying. Like, I, I know. And then she doesn't understand that Ron is mad. Ron has perfectly valid reasons to be mad. He does. Yeah, I just, I don't understand Hermione in this book. And, like, I hate on Hermione a lot. I still like Hermione, but she can be annoying. She, yeah. So they stopped arguing because Lupin started to come, but he started to move, not come, but he only shifted his head and fell back asleep. When the trolley witch came, Harry bought a stack of cauldron cakes. <laughs> when I read that, Why I was do you like, need so much sweets? No, hold on. Cauldron cakes are pancakes. Let me clear oh. this up for anyone who's, who's. I thought a cauldron cake was a cupcake. They're pancakes. Harry bought a stack of pancakes on the train. And he 
like they're i don't even from my knowledge they are not packaged either he's just holding pancakes <laughs> and he's giving his friend pancakes after he's like touched all of these pancakes he's like let me just rub this pancake on my hand here Hermione why don't you eat it now <laughs> so gross like I don't know I just don't think I would order a, like a pancake on the Hogwarts Express <laughs> like it just seems dumb. He, he drops it on the floor. He's like, oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. That one's yours, Hermione. <laughs> and he drops it on the floor and has cat hair on it. <laughs> oh, uh, that, that's got cat hair. It's going to be yours. <laughs> and then Ron gets, like, the rat hair. <laughs> that's just so gross. What would you buy? What food would you buy? I'd buy chocolate frogs. I'd buy chocolate frogs. I'd buy a million chocolate frogs. Only if they were, like, the ones in, like, you know, muggle society. Yeah. I feel like there's something really cool about buying food on the train. But at the same time, I think I would bring food, too. I'd be like, okay, I'm going to bring myself a lunch meal. Because they get on the train, I think, at 11 o'clock, right? Mm -hmm. I'm looking this up because I'm curious. What time does... The Super Bowl line. Uh-huh. <laughs> the <Hogwarts laughs> Express leave. It leaves at 11 a.m. sharp. Okay, so I was right. Yeah, so it leaves at 11, and they don't have lunch. Like, they have to bring lunch or either buy, or buy some sweets for lunch. I think, and they get there really late at night for dinner. So I would bring myself a nice lunch meal, and then I would buy myself, I would allow myself some money to get some, like, chocolate frogs or yeah. something. It just seems like a logical thing to do. So the good thing about Lupin being in their compartment was that when Harry's three least favorite people, Draco, Crabbe, and Goyle, just I could replace that with Petunia, Vernon, and Dudley, came to bother them. They left when they spotted Lupin. It got darker and darker as the train went on, and Ron said they said they ugh, Ron said they must be nearly there when the train started to stop. Then suddenly all of the lights went out. Harry felt his way back to his seat and sat down. Ron said that he thought people were coming aboard. That is so random. Like, the, the train stops in the middle for, oh, now there's people. No, I thought, I think Ron was looking at the window. I know, but it's just so random. Like, in the movie, they're on a bridge. <laughs> it's like the world of people are going to come. Somebody's <laughs> coming on board. <laughs> Somebody who lives on the bridge is going to come. <laughs> to troll. Yeah. Um, so, somebody opened the compartment and fell onto Harry's legs, and he's hearing this, it's like a corpse is falling onto <laughs> Harry. <laughs> when in reality, it's Neville. I don't understand. How does Neville just fall like this? He opens the okay. door and falls okay. on Harry's legs. I know, I know exactly how he did it. He opened the compartment door. But, like, he, like, faced his back to Harry Ron, and he faced... He stood in the compartment door, like, with his back to the actual compartment and just fell backwards. <laughs> but he fell backwards at an angle, so he landed on oh, Yes. So they realized that, uh, that it was Neville. As he sat in, as he sat down, they heard Crookshanks hiss and Neville yelp because he tried to sit on her. You've ridden on this train three times, and you still don't know, oh, no, no, more than three times, the train back. Let's say you've ridden on this train five times and you still don't know the layout of a compartment. <laughs> and after that, Hermione went to ask the driver what was happening and Neville tried to sit on Harry. I don't know that I would do that, Hermione. Neville tried to sit on it's, like, it's like, no, Neville, that's me, not a seat. Oh, no, that's not, that's not, that's not a seat. That's Crookshanks. Oh, yeah. 
so the man who was asleep, Lupin, uh, told them to be quiet as he held a fire in his hands and walked towards the door. Is it in, like, a glass? No, it's, like, literally, literal flames in his hands. Oh. He's, like, the opposite of Elsa. Just basically fireman. Before he could open it, a large cloaked figure appeared with decayed and bony hands. After that, Harry felt cold and hopeless while someone screamed. After that, his friends appeared and asked, and he asked who screamed, but they said that nobody screamed. I think the uh, the Dementor is described kind of weirdly in the books. Like the Dementor is described very weirdly compared to how it is in the movie. Yeah, it's just yeah, it's like a hooded figure, but it's like hands. They're supposed to be like really deformed. The problem is, I think in the uh, move in the books, they're described very much like humans, which is the weird part. In the movie, they're like, the, yeah. I don't understand what they are. They are like humans in cloaks, but not human, and that doesn't make sense to me. Like, how can you be a human and not a human at the exact same time? Yeah. Well, we'll get an explanation when we do our dementor analysis. Oh yeah, yeah. So, after that, uh, okay, after that, no, Lupin handed him a large piece of chocolate and told him to eat it. He asked what that thing was, so Lupin said that it was a dementor of Azkaban. He went to go speak to the driver, Lupin did, uh, as Ryan told Harry with that, Harry went rigid and fell to the floor. Rigid. Rigid. Uh, <laughs> fell to the floor twitching, as Lupin told the dementor to leave and cast a spell to get rid of it. I don't under- okay. The fandom of Harry Potter has made this whole chocolate thing a real thing, and I don't understand it. Lupin does not have a thing for chocolate. He doesn't. Lupin carries chocolate with him because of the Dementors of Azkaban. I don't think that's only it. Because, like, when Harry eats the chocolate, he feels like a bunch of warmth in yeah, his body. Is it only for Dementors? Yeah. Huh. I think it's only for Dementors. It's because it's, like... The, the the thing behind the Dementors is, like, depression. Like, sadness, basically. Chocolate so, makes you happy. I guess. That's the concept in the book, I guess. Okay. But I, I don't literally like that the fandom has kind of turned this whole chocolate thing into, like, oh, only Lupin likes chocolate, and chocolate is Lupin's thing. It's like, no. Lupin is just a good, like, defense against the dark arts yeah. teacher who carries chocolate with him. Uh, So, they noticed that Ginny was shaking in a corner, and Hermione went to comfort her. Harry asked them if any of them fell out of their seats as well, but they said no. No, Luke- Harry, we're, we're perfectly fine. <laughs> you are the only one that had a seizure and fell onto the ground. <laughs> Lupin then came back and found that they hadn't eaten their chocolate, so Harry took a bite and felt warmth spread through his body. When they reached Hogwarts, they got into the carriages and came upon a large gate where two more Dementors stood guard. And, like, also, really quickly, talking about the chocolate yeah. thing again, Lupin knew there were going to be Dementors there. So, like, that's another perfectly yes. logical reason. Uh, and do you remember if he gave him, like, a chocolate frog or if it was actual chocolate? I think it was actual chocolate. Okay. Uh, once they got out of their carriages, Malfoy came to Harry and asked if it was true that he fainted. They told him to shed off, shove off, and Lupin asked Malfoy if there was a problem, so he left. Minerva called Harry and Hermione and said that she wanted a word with them in her office. Well, uh, like, why Harry and Hermione? Why not Ron? Uh, there's a reason you'll see. Oh, yeah. Uh, Minerva said that she had heard that he was ill on the train once they were in her office, and Madame Pomfrey came in to hear that he had encountered a Dementor. 
Harry said that he was fine, and Minerva told him to go to the to go to the feast while Herbert and Hermione discuss her court schedule. Okay, really quickly, I don't know why I'm thinking about this, but in book two, you know how he has to sit in Snape's office yeah. and eat food in there. Yeah. Even what he eats in book two seems like a good, good food. You know, like it's it's sandwiches and like pumpkin juice. I feel like that would be a really good meal. I don't. I don't want pumpkin juice. Okay, maybe not pumpkin juice, but I feel like a good sandwich. That just would seems be good. gross. Yeah, that's true. But um I kind of want to try it, but at the same time it's like maybe I'll throw up if I try it. Yeah. So they went back to the fe- feast um and Ron asked what happened, but before Harry could reply, Dumbledore started to make an announcement that they were hosting Dementors on Ministry of Magic business. I I bet Ron felt all left out. He's like, "Darn, I didn't get to go to McGonagall's office." He said that you should give them not give them any reason to harm you. After that, Dumbledore said that Lupin would be filling the DADA position, and that Rubius Hagrid would be filling the Care for Magical Creatures position. After good job, Hagrid! <laughs> Yay! Yay. Uh, he's After not, he's fe- not going to be a good teacher. I, I keep writing feast. Feats. <laughs> like, like a, like a, like, like F-E-A-T. Yeah. Um, I, Hagrid, I don't know that that was the right call. Mm. You also wrote Hagrid, you wrote Hagrid. Hargrid. Oh, Hargrid. Uh, so after the feast, feats, they, <laughs> feast, they congratulated Hagrid and went, went back to their common room. Last sentence. They reached their familiar circular dormitory with its five poster, four, po- with its five four <laughs> poster beds, and Harry, looking around, felt he was at home at last. I don't love the idea, but, like, every single book, they really drive home this idea that Hogwarts equals home. True. It's like, if I'm if I'm a wizarding student, Hogwarts is not my home. Hogwarts is my boarding school that I go to every year for about nine months, and then I get to go to my real home for three months. Like Hogwarts is not home. I guess for someone like Harry, it is. But do you need to say it every single chapter? Um. So now we're gonna move on to movie gifts, and we have a more substantial amount this time than just one. So on the train, Harry bites the corner off a triangular piece of chocolate, and in the next shot, it's intact. At around 21 minutes, when the Dementor attacks Harry on the Hogwarts Express, everything freezes in ice. The bottle on the table does not expand like freezing liquid would. Only water expands when it's, it is frozen. If the liquid is alcohol of some sort, it will shrink when frozen if it is strong enough. Or maybe there is a spill on it. There are a number of possible explanations for this. Um, I don't really understand the idea of having everything freeze. Maybe it's just trying to, like, get across as, like... The point of the Dementors. Yeah, like, they're kind of creepy. They're gonna make everything creepy. But I guess I don't really understand. At around 27 minutes, when the Gryffindors first enter the Gryffindor common room, after the fat lady has smashed her glass, her portrait swings into the common room. But in the next shot, from the inside of the common room, there's no sign of her portrait whatsoever. At around 27 minutes, the first scene with the fat lady, the background of the painting appears to be inside a structure, with a pillar to the left of the picture. When the picture is not next seen to having been slashed at around 48 minutes, the background is completely changed. With the structure in the far distance, Hogwarts portrait backgrounds are usually static, static, but this change could result be a result of this trauma. So at around 27 minutes, as Harry and the others run up the stairs to the fat lady picture for the first time, you can see the actors focus slash lighting marks on the floor. There are white crosses with ga- gaffer type. Tape. I don't know why I said type. Type. Tape. 
All right. So um, we're now. Blah, I just yeah. that was the longest gap ever. So we're gonna move on to our Hogsmeade journal now. So the first, I guess, not really piece of news, more of just a fun fact, is that um, apparently Rupert Grant has only seen the first three Harry Potter films at red carpet events. And he hasn't seen any of the other ones. I feel like if I were Rupert Grant, I would have seen them all. I I don't like watching myself. I just cringe. Yeah, I, I guess like of myself. Yeah, or hear myself. I don't necessarily like like listening to myself talk on this podcast. Yeah, because <laughs> I don't know. It's hard to listen to like myself talk, and like also at the same time, it's already stuff up. Like I already said the stuff. I already remember what I said. Yeah. So um. Also, I ke- so I I saw this other idea for the uh, new prequel series, or I guess it might not be a prequel, but I saw this idea, and it's the original Order of the Phoenix prequel series. So like I... the first Wizarding War uh, thing, and I'm not I... I'm not okay with that. I wouldn't be okay with that. I just I don't want any more like things about oh, the, the, the second Wizarding War, or this is what happened before Harry Potter in the first Wizarding War. Yeah. I want new, I want, I want new things, like Fantastic Beasts, they're doing Grindelwald. Yeah, I think that, I think that when, I think that, um, with many series, the downfall can be, like, we are going to make this, this, like, right, like, the problem is that this is basically during Harry's time. This is, like, ten years before Harry's time. And the problem is that they're going to have to recast people like Lupin and Sirius Black and Peter Pettigrew and James and Rolly Connor. And it's like, these people are the face of Harry Potter. I don't want new people. I want uh, David Thewlis to continue being Lupin. I want his face in the promo pictures because that's Lupin to me. No one else is going to be Lupin. Just like no one else is going to be Harry, no one else is going to be Ron, and no one else is going to yeah. be Hermione. It's like, it's like, yeah, it's like them doing a, like, remaking it with new people. If they remake it, I'm going to be very upset with them. I not, would not to say that I won't watch it, because of course I will, but Daniel, R- R- the Daniel, whatever his name is. Radcliffe. Radcliffe needs to continue to have his face on the Harry Potter promo, he, you yeah, know? Yeah, sure. Like, we don't need a new Harry Potter. We already He's have the face Harry of Harry Potter. Potter. Yeah. I actually, yeah. I mean, I thought that Order of the Phoenix original uh, would be good, but it might be a good show, but I don't think it'll fit well in the canon. So I'm going to say a hard no to that. But, you know, maybe they can come up with another idea. Okay. So um, today we're going to be talking about, if you didn't know from the title, Azkaban. Um, so Azkaban is very fun. You know, it's the funnest place you can possibly be other than Disneyland. It's so fun. <laughs> so Azkaban is a fortress on an island in the North Sea. The prison serves the magical community of Great Britain. It is hidden from the Muggle ward- world and is implodible. What? Implodible being like you can't find it on a map. Okay. Basically, not to say you couldn't find it. Like I'm, I got it. I'm, I got you're it. a wizard. You could go find it, but you couldn't plot it on a map. Um, you can. Uh, the first resident of the island was a Chrysdis, who practiced dark magic and constructed the fortress. He would lure lure muggle sailors there and torture them. He kind of sounds like a male siren, you know? 
I guess. <laughs> He's like, come to my creepy eye. How did he lure them there? He was just like, I'm gonna throw a cake in the ocean and see if they follow it. I bet he like used the water or the tide against them. Oh, that's a good idea. I was like, I was like, what is he doing that's making them want to go to this island? Is he like putting fireworks in the sky or something? You know? So uh, I don't think he's putting fireworks in the sky. So when he died, the concealment charms wore off and the Ministry of Magic found the island. Among other things, they discovered that the island had an inf- infestation of dementors. The word infestation makes me really, like, grossed out because yeah. when I think infestation, it's like termites. I think termites, I mean, I think rats, I think cockroaches, you know? I think something gross, but an infestation- It's like arachnophobia, but an, worse. Yes, an infestation of dementors makes it sound even worse. Like, there were dementors yeah. there, and there was an infestation. There it's like they're so crawling many. on the walls. That's, that's so gross. That's so gross. And they live in holes in the floor or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, you just enter and a mob comes. They eat the mold. <laughs> so they considered destroying the fortress, but they feared the Dementors attacking. So they left the island alone. So after the International Statute of Secrecy was established, the wizarding community knew that they would need a larger-scale prison to contain people because the small ones that they were currently using were proving to be ineffective, which is understandable because if I can use wandless magic, I can break out of prison, basically. (laughs) That's true. That's the truth. And uh, Azkaban, it's going to be much more difficult, first of all, because it's an island. Second of all, because Dementors are basically preventing you. From, from performing doing... magic. And there are so many. It's an infestation. Yeah. So, also, really quickly, um, how did Sirius Black not think to do what he did a long time before he actually did it? I guess he'd been planning for Was that. it like, maybe it was like seeing Peter Pettigrew in the newspaper really just kind of so. drove him to the edge? I think but so. Because, still... you know, he was like going mad in prison saying, he's at Hogwarts. He's at but Hogwarts. But you know what? I'm not willing to run with that. Because the thing is, Sirius Black, I mean, I'm sure something else, I'm sure the idea of Harry, seeing Harry, would have led him to escape. And he didn't. That doesn't even make sense to me. Like, I True. he could have at any point, and he didn't. So, when Domcle's role, uh, role was elected Minister of Magic in 1718, he decided to use Azkaban as their prison because putting the Dementors to work would save expense, time, and lunch. Which is, I think, a very good idea. Because, first of all, you save the money of having to pay workers. That's true. You you don't have to hire people who are willing to literally live on an island filled with depressing creatures. True. And people won't die. Uh, workers, I mean. So, despite protests, Azkaban remained the Wizarding World's prison. Would you let it remain? I think I would like it. I think I would feel safe knowing that Azkaban was a thing. I would, too. I'd feel safe, too. But I I just be super scared, like like some the dementors something's gonna happen. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Uh, somewhere between 1733 and 1747, the Minister of Magic Eldritch Diggory visited Azkaban and was horrified by the condition of the prison. Eldritch Diggory sounds like I could find that in a adventure game. Eldritch Diggory is giving me a quest. <laughs> Go find Azkaban and get rid of the Dementors. <laughs> so in 
So um, he tried to come up with ways to find alternative solutions to the problem. But people were scared that the Dementors might invade the mainland if their home was taken away. <laughs> uh, so I think it would be kind of scary if Dementors invaded the invaded It the would. It'd be so scary. <laughs> like someone knocks on your door and you're like, hmm, is that the milkman? And, then the- and you just see a mob of Dementors. <laughs> Coming from the sky, raining down upon you. <laughs> and they suck your soul out. <laughs> They're just sucking. It's the milkman in the street. <laughs> Getting his soul sucked. Getting his soul sucked. And, and the, the milk is splattered onto the face. <laughs> milkman isn't even a thing anymore. I don't know why I reached for that. But I did. <laughs> so you just roll. <laughs> so and they just start coming towards you. <laughs> <laughs> the milkman first. I can just everybody else next. This is just so funny in my mind. It is. Uh, so, uh, the minister ended up dying of dragon pox before he was able to change anything. Wow, such a tragic death. Tragic. Tragic. <laughs> just like the milkman. <laughs> tragic. Since 1717, if somebody used any of the three unforgivable curses, courses, courses. You would immediately be put in Ask a Man for Live, Live, for Live, <laughs> unless they were under the Imperious Curse while doing so. Uh, I mean, that's understandable, I guess, but life seems kind of, kind of, maybe overdoing it? May- okay, not if it's the Killing Curse. Maybe if it's the Imperious Curse and you were, like, forcing your neighbor to go buy groceries from the grocery store with your money. No lifetime. That's, like... I'm going to put you in prison for a month. Yeah. During the First Wizarding War, Barty Crouch Sr. sentenced many suspects to Azkaban without trial. And even though this led to many Death Eaters getting put in prison, people like Sirius Black were also wrongly imprisoned. Sadly, because Sirius Black did not deserve it. But all of the signs pointed to him. All of them. Peter Pettigrew really did think that through. So it was also during the First Wizarding War that Alistair Moody filled almost half of the cells in Azkaban with Death Eaters. Wow. Yes, that's a, that's a lot of cells. That's a, but wouldn't you think that there'd be a that there there would be a better or like yeah. there has to have been a better or just hard for me to imagine that. Alistair, Mo- Alistair Moody is, like, the best or ever. One of the things is that he's so bulky, I think that would make it hard for him to be stealthy. <laughs> like, I'm not- he just, he just uh, hides behind some boxes. <laughs> <laughs> not to say that he's, like, plump or anything, no. He's just so bulky. Like, he wears so many, like, jackets. Layers. And he, yeah, exactly. And He just stands out in a crowd. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Tony but- go covert and puts on a puts on a puts on a puts on his hood and starts walking through the crowd. <laughs> um yeah. Yeah. So during the second war during war, when the Death Eaters took over the ministry, they also had full power of Azkaban, which is probably bad because they were Death Eaters. They let out all of the Death Eaters that had been in the prison and wrongfully put many muggleborns in the prison, which is sad because Next fact, mess, many of them died. Many of the Muggleborns who wow. didn't deserve to be in there died, which is which is quite sad. Yeah. The mentors were the dementors were mostly the cause for Askman for Askman being thought to be such a horrifying place. Many of the people in the prison lost their will to live and would stop eating due to the 
due to the depressing effect that the Dementors had on them. That's just so sad. Like, yeah. the guards are so horrible that you just starve yourself to death. Yeah. Uh, many people were glad that Dementors were being used as guards because there was a little chance of any prisoners escaping. I'm on that boat. I'm on that team. Like, keep using the Dementors. I am, too. First of all, they deserve it. Second of all, I will feel much safer in my wizarding household if Dementors are guarding the bad guys. Yeah, me, too. Uh, many, um, so, but there were also people who were against it because they thought the Dementors' loyalty could easily be swayed due to them being dark creatures. I mean, maybe, but I feel like that's, it's a bigger risk to not use Dementors than it is to use Dementors. Um, so being an unregistered animagus can also lead to a sentence in Azkaban. That's a bit hard. Not a life sentence, which is, which is much, much good. Okay. Much better. Yeah. So, um, before the Dementors revolt, the only people to ever have escaped the prison were Sirius Black, who escaped in dog form. Again, why didn't he do that earlier? And Barty Crutch Jr., who was rescued by his father when he was replaced by his mother using Polyjuice Potion. Also, it's kind of unbelievable that Sirius Black literally swam to mainland. What do you think they eat in Azkaban? Do you think they eat gruel? I have three meals a day. That's true. Here's the problem with Azkaban. If you're in there for a lifetime, you are literally rotting in your cell for a lifetime. Like, I understand those people who starve themselves. Yeah, there's absolutely no happiness. Nothing you can do to get out. It's cold all the time. Nothing you can do to get out. It's so terrible. I mean, not to say that they don't deserve it, because people like Peter Pettigrew, who did what he did, deserve it. Yeah, there's constantly constantly those things gliding down, the mentors gliding down the hallway. Like a horror movie. You know, sucking souls out of milkmen. It's like a horror movie, uh, all in five seconds, every day. Yeah. So, there was another mass breakout in 1997, but the Ministry of Magic covered up this up for political reasons. There's a graveyard on the island where the Dementors bury any bodies of prisoners who have died in jail. This makes them sound like humans. They bury the bodies. Like, yeah, I don't know. Do so, you, wait, do you think... Do you think they have the ability to suck the soul when a body is dead? Um, I don't think so, because they're already dead. Yeah, okay. So, after the end of the Second Wizarding War, Kingsley Shacklebolt decided that they would no longer use Dementors to guard Azkaban because it was inhumane, and they could no longer be trusted. Which, I I understand the trusted part. Like, I would not trust them either. So, the prison is now guarded by Aurors. So, that's it for the Azkaban analysis. Um, thank you all for listening. Be sure to email us at, um, insidehogwartspod at gmail.com, because... It just, like, it's great to hear from you guys, to hear your opinions, because yeah. we have opinions, but we need more opinions, so that would be great if you guys could email in. Um, be sure to leave us a quick review and rating on Apple Podcasts, because that just helps our podcast out so much, and it helps people to find us. Like, I don't know about you guys, but when I'm looking at a new podcast to listen to, I read reviews. Yes, that's what I do, too. To see if it's a good podcast. So, yeah, if I, you guys leave a review, yeah, it's going to help more people. Yeah, I usually listen to, like, the top-rated podcasts. Yeah, so if you guys could do that for us, it would be great. We would really appreciate it. And we'll see you all next time. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. Make sure to check back every Tuesday for another Inside Hogwarts episode.